0: From the PSIA AASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and today we're going through the ages with Stacey Garish talking about working with 7- to 10-year-olds. Stacy, great to chat with you again.
1: Hi, George. Great to talk to you, too.
0: So how's your season gone? First of all, here we are almost at the end.
1: Oh my gosh, George, it's been a a great season. Uh, Lots of snow this winter here in Colorado, and uh, we still have plenty of snow, and I had a chance to ski with a bunch of different children, and uh, it's been a great season.
0: Now, the last time you and I chatted, we really focused in on four- and five-year-olds. I don't think we're leaving out the six-year-olds, but today we're really talking about the seven to tens. Uh, where does the real change start to happen where we're breaking these kids into age groups?
1: Um, Good question, George. Uh, You know, I'm going to base what I'm about to say in the cat model, because that's sort of the lens through which we look at children in snow sports. Um, And, you know, I, we do like to categorize by age, but I will say that I've never been to a seven year old's birthday party where, um, you know, miraculously, things automatically change the day they turn seven. So, um, I would just say to our listeners to keep in mind that we we categorize by age, but to keep in mind that that's a generalization, and to still remember to look at every child as an individual.
0: So, Stacy, what you just said really made me think of uh, the guest who comes up and says, "Oh, you know, you, I really want my child in the the group lesson and." he or she's a really athletic and mature (laughs) three-year-old.
1: Um, well, first of all, I don't think I would laugh at them, but, um, I'm laughing because we do hear that often. And of course, every child is unique. And, um, so we have to look at them not only for their age, but for whatever experiences they've had at that age. And, um, So certainly when a parent tells us, you know, the special attributes about their child, we want to take that into consideration and just let the parent know that we'll do our best to um, assess their child's physical ability, um, as well as their stamina and um, eagerness to be on the slopes. And we try to put children with not only similar ages, but um, similar abilities.
0: And I don't want to belabor the point, but I mean, that is such a a question um, when we're working with kids and getting them into appropriate age uh, breakouts that uh, I really felt we need to go over it.
1: Absolutely. And I think one of the things we have to remember in sports is that when children go into into school, um, preschool, kindergarten, elementary school, um, they are typically with children that are the same age. Most schools have birthday cutoffs, right? So, in the educational world, children are classified and put together for learning with other kids that are exactly their age. In snow sports in particular, we tend to look at ranges um, for a variety of reasons. I mean, quite honestly, one of the reasons is a business decision, right? We may or may not have enough um, six year olds or seven year olds on any given day for a lesson. Um, And so we may lump seven and eight year olds together. Um, In doing that, we're looking beyond their age a little bit and looking at what they're bringing to the slope, so um, what they're able to do on their skis or on their snowboard. Um, And we feel that um, we're able, as instructors, if we know enough about the the ages, um, when we have a group of children with a variety of ages, we can still teach to them as individuals within that group.
0: I had Ron Kipp on uh, within the last couple of months, and he and I were talking quite a bit about Skills Quest, which I really like a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. And in Skills Quest, not only is it broken with age, but it also talks about the developmental differences between males and females. And do we take that into account with our breakout with the kids?
1: Um, absolutely. And um, I'm glad that you had a chance to talk to Ron about Skills Quest. I um, adore Skills Quest, and uh, in fact, i am been giving a Skills Quest clinic series at Beaver Creek this winter. Um, and one of the things that I appreciate about the the, um, the study of Skills Quest is the fact that we look at maturation rates between um, boys and girls. And I think it's something important to consider. Um, so age is only one factor, um, maturation is another, and boys and girls typically do not mature at the same rate, so that's an important factor con- to consider. Um, growth spurts are part of that as well. Um, you could be looking at, you know, one of the great things about the 7 to 10 or 7 to 11 age group is you could have, for example, two 9-year-olds standing next to each other, and there can be a foot of difference between them in height. Um, it's a time in development where either um, children are growing really quickly and um, or they might be a little slow to develop, and those are things we have to factor in when we're looking at teaching them a sport. Now,
0: I hate to digress with you here, Stacy, just as we're getting started, but this is making me think about a lesson that I had this past season where it was with a 13 year old uh with his family and um mm-hmm. the other kids were 8 and 10 he was 13 but he was 6 foot 4 i mean he towered okay. over me and everyone and people kept coming by making a lot of comments about basketball and it was really making me uncomfortable because i could see that it was really putting him off and i was just thinking about you know here you have this very large child then I was just really thinking about all the emotional uh things that he was having to deal with at this age uh, because he's in this an adult body but he's still a child
1: yeah you see that pretty often and it's um you know I think I think as humans we're really quick to make assumptions especially about other people and it's just a great reminder that um, when when children are growing and developing, you know, their bodies may grow faster than their mind and certainly faster than their emotions can keep up. And um, again, it's why I think the CAT model is so important because if you, you know, to use your student as an example, if you only taught him in the to the fact that he was over six feet tall, so you, you're looking at this human being that's over six feet tall and you make assumptions about him based on his height and you don't consider where he is in his cognitive development or where he is with his social and emotional development, um, it's going to be tough for that for that 13-year-old to really um, have a successful day and for you as the instructor to have success connecting with him.
0: All right. Thank you, Stacey. I, I, now let's really get into the 7 to 10, 7 to 11-year-old age group. And what are some things that we're really needing to focus on with uh, this group?
1: Um, so, as children move into this age range, um, in the cognitive realm, they um, they're a little bit more able to um, think in a concrete framework. So, um, what this means is that they're a little they're more aware of external events. Um, They begin to realize that uh, their own thoughts and feelings aren't quite as unique as maybe they thought they were when they were younger. Um, They can start processing more than one or two things at a time. Um, And they begin to understand the difference uh, between reality and make-believe. And that's an important distinction to make because... um, you know, it it doesn't happen like I said. It doesn't happen overnight. And so, when we're connecting with this age group, we sort of have to feel out where they are in terms of reality and make believe. Um, if we assume that they're still into the world of make believe, they're going to feel like we're treating them, you know, like a like a baby, and they're not going to want to connect with us. So it's really important with those um, seven, eight, nine, and ten year olds. Um, try to find out about them individually and where they are in that in that um, range. Um, the other thing in this age group is they can understand consequence a little bit more, so they understand sort of reasons why. So it makes teaching skiing or snowboarding, um, you know, you can start to explain things. You can start to explain the reason why we want them to do this certain movement pattern, and they're going to start to understand how that affects the outcome on their skis or their turns or their ability to ski different
0: terrain. I'm thinking as we're talking of what you had said earlier about how we group children together uh, by age range in school, and we're really looking at a at a big age range here with skiing yeah. and snowboarding because we're looking at a first grader to a fourth grader or fifth grader. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. We I think you know, this age range seven to 11, whether you're teaching snowboarding or skiing, as an instructor, it's so important to understand a lot goes on in those in those four or five years of life. And so, you know, in most of our schools, we clump these children together and, and it puts a lot on the instructor. You have to um, really be able to discern why there's such a difference between that eight and that 11-year-old. And it's one of the things that... Um, I find so valuable about going through the CS1 or the CS2 process because that's exactly what we cover um, in that process. So, for example, um, in that affective realm, in this age group, um, children um, are starting to understand that you know adults are humans too, and that even adults can make mistakes. Um, so. Children are coming out of that sort of good is good, bad is bad, and really wanting to please the adults that they're with to starting to see adults as more human and feeling out like how much does this adult really know? And if an adult makes a mistake, should I still trust them? Um, and so it, it creates a different um, relationship, and you have to be aware of how to establish and, and maintain that connection.
0: And are there some specific things we can do with this age group that uh, would be different than the four to five four to six
1: absolutely yeah um so in that four to five five to six group um you know they're still pretty happy um, being in a group but working on their own you know they're a little bit self centered and when you get into this age group um if children like the sense of being in a group as long as they feel comfortable with their peers and um, they start to understand, you know, peer acceptance. And so it's really important how you set up the group dynamic, establishing a team, um, maybe finding micro groups within the group. So partnering children up um, or letting them socialize a little bit to see who they're going to choose and connect with in the group. Um, it can be really challenging in this, um, in this age group, when you like, if you get a class, let's say, that has eight and nine-year-olds, and then you toss an 11- or a 12-year-old into the mix. Um, and if that happens, it's great to bring the older child in as more of your assistant to help out with the younger children that are in the same group.
0: So really, with this age group, we're looking at giving the kids a little more responsibility.
1: Yeah, we want to give them more responsibility so um, that they can start to understand Uh, reasoning behind decision-making and consequence for decision-making. And I think it's great to involve them in in terrain selection and um, children of this age like to know the rules of the road. They really respond well to rules and boundaries and they want to also help enforce those. So um, it's a good opportunity to help them not only understand the responsibility code, but to be able to share that with others and help to enforce it.
0: How does this age range look at us uh you know i walk up and they're probably gonna go oh, look that guy looks like my grandpa um, <laughs> <laughs> that could be a good thing um maybe they want to be with someone younger what is kind of the ideal instructor at this age or for this age gosh i mean i don't know if there's really an ideal i don't know how
1: to define the ideal instructor, but I do think there are some qualities that will certainly help um, any instructor to connect with this age. So, for example, one of the things I might do with this age group is, you know, first acknowledge their age, because age is a big deal, you know, when you're younger, and it's a huge milestone to have a birthday, and Um, so one of the things I like to do is acknowledge their age and then I usually try to say, make something funny about it and I can tell by their reaction or response to what I've said, whether they're on board with my, my humor or if I need to sort of change it up right away. (laughs) So for example, um, uh, if there was a group of maybe seven, eight and nine year olds and I asked them what their age are, ages are, and the seven year olds would say seven, I might say, ah, oh, seven, seven is heaven, you know, and eight, oh, you're eight. I wear an infinity ring. You want to see it? So I have an eight on my finger all the time. I think eight is great. Um, and then um, for the nine year old, oh, you're nine. Nine is divine, isn't it? And so I start to sort of, you know, play with words and make rhymes about their age and make it seem that each of those three ages is a really big deal. Um, I tend to have pretty good luck with that. I haven't had too many kids that are like, Oh my God, let go away. <laughs> they might laugh at me and think I'm a dork, but at least I've kind of, you know, broken the conversation gap with them in some way. Um, I think doing something like that to see how they respond to you, uh, is a great way to start to establish connection.
0: And that's so important because I mean, it can be intimidating to walk up to a group of kids. Very intimidating,
1: totally. yeah, and i I tend to str- stray away from boy and girl things you know I think a lot of instructors like to do that, like you know girls' rule boys' rule, but I think you know for kids that age, the whole boy and girl thing is already sort of awkward, so I try not to um, bring more attention to that. I stick to things that are a little um, more non negotiable like you your age is your age, right so let's let's just make the age that you are seems super cool and the age of the child next to you is also cool for a different reason because it rhymes with a different word, you know. Um, Like with six-year-olds, you know, I'm always like six. I love six. It's my favorite age. You know why? Because it only has three letters and the last letter is an X and then I usually cross my arms and um, just something like that that really relates to who they are but um, it's sort of, more objective, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, Stacy, as we conclude here, we've really been talking a lot about the connection. In our next uh, interview, I'd really like to talk with you about working with these groups out on SNOW. What are a couple of key takeaways that you'd like for people to get out of this?
1: Um, So I think the key takeaways here are um, in that cognitive realm, uh, where are these children in terms of their ability to process information? Um, do they need just one or two directions at a time or have they sort of advanced and they can see consequence and understand um, reasons for things and then you know where are they socially and emotionally and um, have they developed at a normal rate or you know are they kind of in that awkward stage because they're shorter than everyone or because they're taller than everyone and yeah it'd be great to take the next episode out on snow we could look at different ways of um addressing specific movement needs
0: well thank you so much for taking your time uh, away from working on the children's manual to actually (laughs) talk with us today you bet stacy garish joining us from edwards colorado from the psa asi studios in lakewood colorado i'm george thomas